Greetings and welcome to the Sanlam ESG Barometer Series, where we will be digging deeper into the insights derived from the 2023 installment of the Sanlam ESG Barometer. My name is Andile Kumalo and welcome to Episode 3. Now, environmental, social and governance imperatives have become fundamental to how businesses make investment decisions. And in 2021, flows into ESG investments reached a pinnacle when the market saw an estimated $120 billion flow to sustainable investments. Historically, there's been a growing emphasis on ESG considerations, especially in investments decisions, driven by factors such as increasing awareness of sustainability issues, regulatory changes, and a recognition of the potential impact of ESG factors on long-term financial performance. However, lately, it does seem that some investors are starting to ask the question, just how much should ESG impact their decisions? The Sanlam ESG Barometer, in partnership with Business Day, is the first to assess how JSE listed companies are actively improving environmental and social outcomes in society through their various activities. Today, at the BDTV studios, I'm joined by two experts, where we will be discussing the theme, what to make about the calls to reduce the importance of ESG in investment decisions. First up, I have Mukhata Matisha, the head of fixed income at Salem Investments. And of course, I'm joined by my regular guest, the chief sustainability officer at Sanlam, Mr. Abel Sakao. A warm welcome to you both gentlemen. Um, Mukhata, let me start with you. Um, historically, there's no doubt that, that companies have put a lot of emphasis on ESG. In your view, what would you say is, are the key considerations that companies have to put in mind when they consider ESG in the investment decisions? The UND SDGs seem very big, they seem very audacious, and sometimes can even hamstring people from doing nothing, uh, you know, let alone try and start. What are the considerations that companies should be taking into, con- things they should be taking into consideration before they make those investments? Well, I mean, I think ESG is a recognition that a company serves a wider uh, set of stakeholders than just the shareholders, right? So, um, in the se- so it is important that a that in re- that when companies consider their their impact or yeah. their investment, that you know how is this going to impact impact society in general, and how is it going to impact shareholders? I mean, those are the the, the considerations. Obviously, you want to stay within the law, so uh, you know that goes without saying. But what's coming through, though, from from many people that care, especially about the environment and the issues that come with it, is that, you know, this could be going a little bit too far. How do we know that it's enough? I mean, just the other day, we had a South African listed company have an interest group march to their AGM. I mean, the biggest action I've ever seen in AGM is is, uh, shareholders voting on uh, executive remuneration. Nowadays, there's doi-doi's on issues of the environment. How do we know? that these considerations are enough. So I'm not going to speak to that specific example, but I think at some level it's true. They are going a bit too far. Let me first start by saying good governance will never go out of fashion. Right. Right. So that's, that, that will always be important. But on issues of, of environmentalism or, or socialism or, or social um, engagement, I think you know, there's got to be context. I mean, look, companies can't be expected to solve all of societal ills. Right. So um, and they have a reason for existence, and that is to make profit while solving a particular uh, issue. But they can't be expected to solve everything. Um, that's, you know, th- there's a place for government. There's a place for, for NGOs as well. Great question to take to you also, Abel. What are your thoughts? At what point 
are we now supposed to be balancing this? How do we know if it's not gone too far? Yeah, uh, Andile, thanks, and uh, good morning to your guest. I think it's important that also to put context to it, uh, because what we saw recently with, uh, you know, uh, uh, members of the NGO communities and interested party marching is that the objective was not necessarily to address the real issues that companies and society are facing. Uh, I felt that the objective is to create a, a media a, 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 a publicity because ESG issues don't only exist within listed companies. ESG considerations also exist within companies that are not even listed. But we somehow not even seeing action taking at that level. And that's where when you look at you know your governance issues, uh, the reputational aspects in terms of ESG tend to be more pronounced at companies that are not in the limelight. Yeah. So I think we need to strike a balance, like Mukhata is saying, to say, you know, are we doing this for the good of society, or are we doing this to drive publicity and generate, a, you know, a, a media outreach that's able to damage the reputation of a company, even though the company is doing much greater from a, a, a real perspective. But isn't part of the problem, able that, you know, many of these uh, people um, that feel that these companies are not doing enough, it could be because of the distrust that society has of business. I mean, the view of many people is that business is there to make only a profit, to serve their shareholders. Mm-hmm. I remember the days when the shareholder changed to stakeholder. Uh, that it included a society, it included employees, etc. But back in the day, it used to be purely about shareholder returns. I mean, are we now supposed to expect that, co- that companies and executives uh, who, are out, who are seen to be out there for profits and their bonuses have suddenly grown a conscience and they're going to be doing all of these wonderful things for society and, and maybe not put profits ahead of the interests that they've been known to have? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a fallacy to think that, you know, company can do good in society without making a profit. You know, like from a Sunland perspective in our sustainability approach, one of the key elements that we look at and we measure is whether is the company making profit that's able to allow us to contribute to society. Because a company that's not going to make profit, it's even more damaging because then you're going to end up with job losses. So it's important to understand that reality, you know, to say companies need to make profit. But then when it comes to ESG and sustainability action, we also have to look at all aspects of ESG, not only one action that relates to climate change. You have to have to look at issues of human rights. You have to look at issues of community engagement, job creation, so that when we then start addressing all these issues, we t- take that balance into consideration. Because if we then change the narrative to focus on emissions and air quality, what about the other issues? You know, And can we then engage with these companies to make sure that our strategy is not on damaging, but our strategy is more on engagement and collaboration and working together? Because there is no benefit that's going to come out uh, uh, from an action that seeks to damage the reputation and impact the share price of a company because the damage out of them are more pronounced because then you're going to end up with more consequential impacts. So I think for me and from a Sunland perspective, we tend to view aspects that relate to engagement, 
understanding the challenges and partnerships because some of the things might require more than one company to resolve right. might require government might require ngos might need to require a, a community so how then do you start bringing all the parties that are key to this right. conversation to make sure that we can get our community Mokhatla, one of the points um, that you raised earlier on is about the fact that a lot of these companies have been trading have been employing people paying taxes and also making profits with their shareholders, not because it's not a bad thing, mm. um, prior to ESG becoming such a topical issue. Yes. It's a, it can be seen to be a little unfair at a point in time to then say, well, then, you know, stop doing whatever you've been doing. Surely it is about a journey. Surely it is about, and that's what the ESG parameter is about. The Salam ESG parameter is all about additionality. What are your plans to get better over time? When you are making your investment decisions with your teams mm. at uh, Salam Investments, what are the key features of companies um, that are doing better? How do you pick them? How do you say this company is ahead of ESG um, because it's doing these things differently perhaps from the next company? Given that, of course, all these companies have typically been there for a long, long time yeah. and they've been doing what they've been doing for many, many years. Surely it's about the future, not the past. So we look for, um, for material. We look for how a company engages on the key issues that it faces in its sector. Um, we, want we look for maturity in leadership. So, you know, don't tell me about you giving to this cause and that cause and that cause if they're not core to what you're actually doing. Right. So, so is, um, are, are you putting enough emphasis on the things that really matter in your company and in your, in your sector? And how are you tracking those um, over time? Is there enough responsibility on those issues at the right level within the company? You know, that's, those are the things that we look for um, uh, when, we, when we scrutinize a sustainability report. Now, the news came out, I think it was a few months ago in August 2023, that uh, CEO Larry Fink of BlackRock, the largest asset manager in the world, has made comments such as ESG movement has gone too far. And in fact, I think he even said he's going to stop using the word ESG uh, because he thinks it's becoming polarized in the political circles. Sure. And I think th th there's a little bit of that in the market. Mm. What do you think is likely to be the response of African asset managers and investors, of which you are one of the biggest? Because, you know, in, in our context, environment, yes, is important. But we probably have more social issues than the West's more environmental issues. What do you think is the trend happening in your circles? What, what's happened when you, when you sit with fellow Africans that are running investment businesses like yourself about ESG? Is there still a trade-off? Is that debate still there about you know, ESG versus commercial returns? Yeah. Or, or do you think some of them are starting to share uh, Sir Larry or Mr. Larry Fink's uh, views? So what do we talk about in our uh, WhatsApp groups? What do you talk about <laughs> in your WhatsApp groups, indeed? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, mean, I think he has a point, yeah. uh, honestly. Um, I, I would uh, uh, agree with him. Good governance will never go out of fashion, right? So let's park that one. On environmental um, issues, what I would say is that it's, it's controversial statements. Is ESG going to go away? I, I don't think so. I, I think that the... the um, the points he makes are around the importance of, of, of environmental yep. really depends on the context. Got you. You, you rightly say, what are we engaging on in South Africa? It's about job creation. It's about um, um, you know, being better stewards of yeah. the resources that we have. You know, if we start saying to a company or to a country that you should not develop your natural resources, I mean, what's the trade-off, right? 
are soft loans from the World Bank going yeah. to be enough yeah. to compensate for us, yeah. to compensate the, you know, the, that country? You know, and, and that's not to mean that we belittle the, the importance of, of the environment. We have to be good stewards. But you know, this conversation about you know, solar or non, yeah. you know, I, I think is, it's, it's the it's But the are you not seen as a bad person? Are you not seen as somebody who's against ESG or against... Um, climate change issues or just like a bad person in the room when you start saying things like Larry Fink is saying. He is recognizing that there are limitations to right. what we can do as, um, as, as, as an investment industry. But at the same time, I think, you know, uh, you, know you and I were talking off camera about um, sometimes some of these expectations have gone way too far before the technology has even uh, you know, achieve sort caught of up, yeah. yeah, caught up. You know, so it, it, we've got to recognise that the, it, this is a transition. It will take some time, um, and we've got to give sufficient time for right. uh, for the transition to actually happen. Talking about transitions, Abel, let me come to you. There's this whole issue of the just transition, right? How just is just? How do we make sure that this transition is really just? Because that's really the issues that are coming through here. You know, I think what happened to that South African company with that uh, with those group of people pitching up at an AGM, it's, there's an interest group that clearly has their own interests. And you have a company that's clearly in the business that is, to a large extent, damaging the environment. But the problem is that they can't just stop start. It takes a while to get there. So do you think we are doing justice to the transition? Yeah, thanks, Andy. I think, you know, we must also understand the context of the just why are we doing this just thing? Are we doing it for today or are we doing it for generations that's going to inherit uh, the planet uh, in future? And when then we have that context to understand that it's about future generations, we then have to say, what is it that we need to do today to make sure that future generations are still going to have access to clean water are still going to be able to uh, exist in a planet that is not too hot for them, agriculture is still going to be productive. So the just element is not only one consideration, but it's a multiplicity right. of factors that we need to take into account. And for me, that's where sometimes we lose the debate because we focus more on climate change and emission mitigation without focusing on other aspects. And that's why for us, it's important to say, Let's understand the context and let's understand the developmental needs at that particular point and then make sure that our intervention addresses the current generation's uh, requirements while we're building and ensuring we're creating sustainable future for the next generation. And I think that is absolutely the best place to kind of leave it because this issue of context, which country you're from, which continent are you in, um, which of the SDGs are most relevant to your environment and therefore what becomes your ESG strategy becomes very, very, very critical. And I do think that environmental issues, as important as they are, uh, tend to be over-indexed uh, uh, compared to other issues that might be even more relevant to societies, especially in the context of the African continent. Thank you very much to you both for joining us. Uh, I appreciate your time. This brings us to the end of episode three of the Sunlam ESG Barometer Series. Tune in again next time for episode four, where we will be discussing the importance of the S in ESG for financial services. Until then, goodbye.